Ladies and gentlemen, KTR has returned. We are back. We have officially wrapped up our individual reviews for the episodes of Game of Thrones Season 7. And now we're back to do a bit of a series recap. And it is uh, our pleasure to, you know, reintroduce one of our favorite guests from uh, the last the last year of KTR. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to present to you, Kyleen. Hello. Welcome Everyone. back. Welcome back. How does it feel? It feels great to be back. I feel like I started my uh, podcast with you guys last time by saying hello, everyone. So that's why I did that. <laughs> exactly. I mean, if it, if it ain't broke, don't we'll fix, fix it. it. It's, Seriously. it's come full circle. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Again. Again. Okay. Well, I work at HBO. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, Prior to working at HBO, when I started there, like, I don't know, a year and a couple of months ago, I had not watched any of Game of Thrones. And then my boss um, was assigned to work on the after show that only lived for one season because it was bad. And so because <laughs> you were working on the after show, I was there for watching season six of Game of Thrones as it aired. But, like, I had no other prior knowledge, so I was, like, lost the entire time. And that was the last time I talked to you guys about this. But since then, I've watched everything. Hey. So you so have, like, a fresh watch. perspective on the whole thing. Plus, you're an HBO insider, so you probably know some secrets that we don't even know. <laughs> did you sign those NDAs? <laughs> yeah, uh, did you sign an NDA? Because if not... I definitely did, but damn. honestly, since our hack... They've been keeping everything real close to the vest. Mm. Until this episode comes out. (laughs) (laughs) HBO had a uh, bad year with those, huh? Yeah, and like when the really terrible one was happening, I was out of the office because my dad was getting surgery. Mm. So I'm like in the hospital... And my, I don't have access to anything, like my email, my account, anything. And I'm like, what is going on? So finally I called IT. He was like, oh, we need to reset your password. And I mean, I'm just going to tell you guys my password. Hopefully you can't get onto my account. But um, he's like, what's your favorite Game of Thrones character? I'll just reset it to that. <laughs> and I was like, well, my favorite or the easiest to spell. And I was like, well, I think I'd have to go with Grey Worm. He was hey. like, okay, so it's going to be G-R, number three instead of a Y. Hey, and I was like, oh, okay, perfect. Like a three instead of a, or three instead of an E. So I was like, that's perfect. Like no one will hack that. And so, like, all day, I'm, like, trying to get on my account, get on my account, get on my account. It's not working. It's not working. I finally called him back, and he goes, well, how did you spell worm? And I was like, W-O-R-M, the way you spell worm. And he's like, oh, well, like, in the books, it's spelled with a U. So that's how I spelled it in your password. (laughs) Dang. What a nerd. I love it. And I was like, Jesus Christ, I picked this because it was easy to spell, and I still spelled it wrong. That's amazing. I didn't even realize that it was spelled with a U in the books. I I don't remember that either, but it's been a while since I've read them. I don't 100% buy it, but I don't know where else you would have got that, so. Yeah, I'm like trying to look for it, and I kind of don't see it being spelled with a U. Yeah. According to the wiki, but... Yeah. I don't know. According to everything, subtitle spell. I want to to apologize for my uh, very shot voice right now. Um, I just witnessed the most epic comeback last night in UCLA football history against Texas A&M. So there was a lot of screaming 
and now my voice is shot, so hopefully everyone can hear them, but it was worth it. So, go Bruins. And apologies again. I can't wait for people to comment on the SoundCloud like, yo, Zed's voice was so fucked up. I mean, how could y'all let him do this? I, I don't know. I should be sidelined for this right now. But nah, the raspy voice works, man. I think it works. <laughs> well, hopefully it comes out okay on the recording, but we'll see. I think it'll be okay. The sound check was pretty good. Shout out to uh, Tony last night, who was with me from Anytime Minutes, who is now the biggest football fan in the world. Hope you had Hi. fun, Tony. That sounds like somewhat sarcastic, but... No, no, no. I'll just believe it. No, he was he was actually there. He was super into it? I, I, I hope he had fun. I hope you had fun, Tony. I really do. <laughs> um... <laughs> I'm expecting some tweets from Tony like anytime now. Just like come through, come through the KTR. <laughs> but yes, everyone should listen to his podcast too. Yeah, anytime is is really really good. Um, uh, anyway, so we're here together. We wanted to discuss the latest season of Game of Thrones. Uh, this this was a season that was uh, interesting for a lot of reasons to me personally. Um, I felt that in comparison to other seasons, like while the the action set pieces were were far bigger and more of a spectacle than other seasons. Uh, I I do truly feel that the writing was a, a a little off, particularly for the dialogue, and then the the uh, the weird characterizations of certain characters like Littlefinger and Tyrion were a little off. They seemed like they were slightly dumbed down than what we're previously used to. Uh, in, in my opinion, so kind of watching Tyrion create these plans without completely thinking them through, it seems like seemed a little off, you know, for certain things like agreeing to the very bizarre, very hard to believe notion that they send the 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 most important man slash character in the series with what six seven other men to go capture a zombie. Come on, come on. That's a terrible yeah. plan. I mean, I think that the writing as a whole suffered starting last season, actually. You think so? Um, yeah, but it, it it definitely showed more this season. And I think besides the, the writing, which is a very good point, it, I think that the pacing was also just as bad. Yeah. Mainly because they stuffed 10 episodes, tried to stuff like almost 10 episodes worth of information into seven Right, and then you also have to consider, you know, at, at this point, like we, we we mention this a lot every episode, but you know we're we're far past where the books are. You know, when when the show started, the uh, producers met with George R. R. Martin, and you know George sort of told them what the ending of it is, of the entire story, and then you know up to a certain point, there's a lot of material to adapt from with the books, but since not all of the books are out. At some point, they had to start improvising. So, like, they know what the end is, and now it's essentially like a sprint to the finish. So, they they had to create certain plot lines or storylines that may not manifest uh, in the story in the books in order to get to that end goal. Since there are only what seven episodes left, seven six, or six, six, six so, episodes. So, oh my god! I, Kylie, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is like a HBO self-imposed. Um, episode count correct like there was no reason besides them being like oh we can fit this in seven and six episode seasons no HBO wanted it to be the full ten but it was just a matter of like 
money and I mean I guess like lack of content that they were like listen we only have it in the budget to you know successfully do episodes of the caliber that the audience is expecting like this many episodes of it mm-hmm. HBO would love for them to have you know many more seasons of 10 episodes but it, it kind of just comes down to the cast is all getting paid astronomically. You see, you know, the yeah. rats with yeah. the dragons look incredible, but that takes, you know, weeks to, to even, like, animate a little bit. So it's like, you know, something's got to give along the line. And even though it is the most successful show, it's not like their budget is, like, bottomless. So Right. And that, that makes sense. Um it's. Uh, I think because of that, though, a lot of the, the storytelling has suffered in mm-hmm. the oh, end. I mean, you can see, especially in this season, exactly what they spent their money on. Right. Yeah, we got a lot of good dragon stuff this season, though. I'm not mad. Oh my gosh! And then, did you guys see the side by side of like when John was touching the dragon next to a scene from Shrek? Yeah, I did. Meeting the dragon with the donkey. Exactly the yeah. yeah. Do you think so? That was like the reference point, huh? For the animators, or else maybe it was just somebody that had worked on both projects. Yeah, he's like, yeah, we brought over this new guy from DreamWorks. He uh, (laughs) says he has some ideas. Shrek was just ahead of its time. I know. Apparently, with its dragon animations. Yeah. Then again, like, what else can you reference? Eyelashes. She was fierce. She was. She was. They had little donkey dragon babies too. Somehow. I don't want to. I don't want to know. You don't want to know how Eddie Murphy did that? I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, speaking of the budget, I mean, like, it's totally understandable. Like, there, there's no such thing as a limitless budget in any regards in in any industry. It's just in- impossible. But I will say, for for a group that doesn't have a limitless limitless budget, like, it looked amazing this season. Like, I definitely can't hate it. And, and then, you know, having watched well, yeah, all the... It looked amazing because they cut three episodes out. Yeah, but, like, if you if you put together all the extra time that was featured at the end of these episodes, it probably equaled close to a full episode, uh, right? Um, because yeah, the last episode had so 20, they still, they still 25 cut, minutes afterwards, and the other ones had, like, 12. Uh, but that being said, I mean, like, jeez. I mean, everything with the dragons was just, like, it was just gorgeous looking. Yeah, I thought it was just no, like, fantastic. It did look good. It looked, did look good. And that's like after seven seasons of buildup of like, what are these dragons actually going to do? Like, they really delivered on that end, in my opinion. Not only that, but like, not we didn't have any real close up shots of them previously, especially because I just binge watched the entire season or the entire series in a year's time. Like, they're always just like flying you know far into the sky or they're little you know like there hasn't really been anything of this caliber and we got it multiple times throughout the shortened season it wasn't just like an episode it was like dragon time right it was like three episodes that we got like full-on dragon action sequences and and i would argue that one of maybe the best action sequence of the series happened in this season the attack on the, the on army? The, yeah, what, army? what they call the loot train. The loot train, yeah. Scene, which I'm not, I, I don't even remember why they call it that. Like, I'm not a huge fan of that name. They're removing the gold from Highgarden. But, uh, yeah, I mean, my goodness. Like, I, I, I was having flashbacks of season one as that were happening. Like, Robert Baratheon just 
like the loving life talking about how you should never meet the Dothraki in an open field and he's like look there they are and they're just tearing up the Lannister's shoulders just my goodness yeah there's been so many throwbacks just to the earlier seasons what with like prophecy and with Robert Baratheon actually being smarter than I think we really gave him credit for at the time yeah Robert I think gets a bad rap in general, I know he was kind of a drunk and he was, was a little bit of a womanizer, but he also was a uh, smart enough to take over the kingdom. So, like, the dude isn't stupid. Wasn't stupid. Yeah, he's not dumb. I, I, I definitely give him credit, not as being a king, but for surrounding himself with people that know how to run a kingdom because he actually held the peace for, like, 12 years or so, like 12 or more years he he kept the peace which you know in the in the series of game of thrones is fairly long because from season <laughs> one to season seven like how many times did we get a new king or queen like three times i think well we had after robert we had yeah um, joffrey 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 died we joffrey got tommen tommen did his olympic dive off the red keep or wherever we had Stannis, who claimed to be king. We had didn't actually make it though. None of those guys I, actually made it. Right, but they claimed to be king. Yeah, they were king to some people. Yeah, they were. There was um Rob Renly. Yeah, Renly. Um, Sam. Who? All right. Uh, <laughs> Balon Greyjoy also was one. Rob Stark, also another. You know when they reference the the battle, the, was it the War of the Five Kings? Yeah. It is what Renly, Stannis, Balon, Rob, Rob. and uh, maybe we can just say it's Joffrey. Maybe I think it was probably Joffrey, right? Yeah. I don't remember. I'd have to go back. Colleen, do you remember? You just watched all of them. It was whoever was in King's Landing. Right. Okay. So. <laughs> yeah, and they all died. Every single one of them. Yeah, there's been about Tommen specifically. Very recently, when Cersei was talking to Tyrion, she blamed him for both of her younger children's death. But I don't understand how he was responsible for Tommen's death. Yeah, I don't either. Also, Cersei was being extremely insensitive in that scene to Tommen. Like she, she kind of threw oh, him under the bus. Yeah, she was a bitch to him towards the whole end of his like reign because he was like so. You know, team faith, but yeah. Well, he was kind of lured in by the beautiful woman. Yeah, I mean, he's exactly. He's young. He's naive. He's very easily manipulated. Manipulated. He was also like twelve and going through like puberty. So like, yeah, if you throw in like I know a hot woman in front of him who's telling him what to do and she's going to sleep with him, yeah, he's going to do whatever the hell And he's like 14, so yeah. he's just like, I'm down for all of this stuff. Yeah, like, come on. Yeah. That's the easiest thing to manipulate. Yeah. But I mean, going back to it, you know, her mentioning that Tyrion is, is responsible, I don't really think that makes any sense. No. I think the idea was more like because of Tyrion killing uh, Tywin. Tywin, it opened up the family to be more vulnerable than it should have because right. Tywin would have protected all of them. But, so he was kind of the shield for the family in a way that right. opened up the yeah. the 
ability is to kill everyone else. I, w- I would still argue that, you know, even when Tywin was, was around, you know, Cersei was a... Cersei was still so adamant about, like, not following his rules, you know, because Tywin was planning on marrying him, marrying Cersei off to um, Loras, Loras Tyrell. So okay. I, I think because of that, she probably would have tried to go behind his back or, or do something to get Loras arrested, right? And what well, she, yeah, she sought out the High Sparrow because she knew he was gay and she wanted to get him locked up. Right. Right. Yeah. So, like, her putting the the faith, like, militarizing the faith, led to like everything with Tommen. It led to him being manipulated. It led to Cersei wanting to get revenge, and that caused like most of the power players in King's Landing to be destroyed. So, so I would argue that you know she Tyrion is just the easiest person to blame here, and obviously it's it's clearly her fault. You know. Yeah, I think you know Tyrion is. Uh, uh, or sorry, Cersei is generally the easiest. She just takes the easy road in terms of blaming people. Oh, of course, I mean she's and, psychotic, right? And she she a lot of times tries to absolve herself from blame and doesn't want to take responsibility for her brash actions generally. And I mean it's something that Jamie, especially in this season, which it finally came mm-hmm. to a boiling point, um, has been telling her for a long time, like. You can't do this. This is going to impact our lives in a very negative way. Mm-hmm. And she still does it, and it still happens. And, and and the thing is that nobody, besides Jamie to some extent, nobody really calls her out. Right. Um, right. And so, so she just she just keeps doing it and keeps ignoring the consequences. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it, you know, it, it, it all caught up with her to the point where now she's completely by herself. Even yeah. her brother... Like- yeah, Tywin dying did open them up, I guess, with their vulnerabilities, but it also made it so that no one could tell her what to do. You know what I mean? Like, he was the last person that could get her to do anything she right. wanted to do. And it's just like... Which yeah. which necessarily isn't a good thing in her case. Yeah. It's definitely not because, you know, we, we saw exactly what happens with Cersei when she no longer has any sort of, like person to keep her in check i mean she will just blow shit up like that's just what she's gonna do i mean her her most trusted people right now are like a disgraced maester and a zombie those are like her closest confidants right now and your and your boy euron and euron Greyjoy, who also is a sociopath just completely psychotic who I did enjoy this season. I, I'll, I'll be honest. I, uh, you know, in in the books, and not to completely change the conversation around, but Euron Greyjoy in the, in the books is a very mysterious character. You know, Theon has like a lot of a lot of relatives, a lot of uncles that have been characterized in many ways. So you have you know Aaron Danfair, who is basically like a priest. He has Victorian, who's essentially like a big dumb guy. And then you have Euron, who got exiled from the Iron Islands long, long ago. He's been sailing the seas. He claimed to, you know, sail through the Doom of Valyria and come back alive. He's done all sorts of these crazy things. And, you know, even in the books, he, he comes back with, like, a dragon horn. And he's just known to be a bit of a psychotic, ruthless individual. I mean, the kind of torture that he does to people, and, and we did see this in the episode where he attacked uh, Yar and Theon, is that once he... Uh, you know, attacks enemy ships, he cuts off the tongues of the people 
um, that he fights with, so no one can talk about what just happened to him. So <laughs> being able to take that and bring it on the screen while sort of fusing him together with the Victorian character is not a very easy thing to do because last season he was very different. You know, he 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 his attitude and his like style seems very different. And the way that they discussed it in interviews is like he will change how he acts depending on on who he is, just on who he's with, just to kind of get what he wants. Um, And I I thought that he got some of the best dialogue. You know, some of it may not have been the best written, but I thought him throwing all these one-liners at Jamie and then watching him be extremely uncomfortable was very entertaining from my point of view. I'll be honest. um, I was a little disappointed with Euron by the end of the season, mainly because, like... I th- they were kind of framing him to be this, like kind of like the main bad guy or main bad actor of this this um, season that Cersei is kind of manipulating. And then for like three episodes, he was just no mention of him. Yeah, yeah. that kind of bothered <laughs> me too. I I'll say that I definitely I did not think that he was going to be like the big bad i mean if since we're the uh, i mean the big bad's always gonna be the it's gonna Cersei be the Knights, in the, the night's king, king. Like, that's gonna be it but he he was gonna be the guy i thought who was gonna like do cersei's bidding throughout the season and be like the physical manifestation right. of her evil in yeah like he was gonna season. do a little more vicious things but you know the whole Greyjoy storyline is not it's not something i'm too interested in God, i don't care now. I, at all oh my god it drives me insane it's so boring it's like these people can't even like fight when they're not on a <laughs> ship like let's not give them a ton of time please they literally cannot uh, they're only useful with the ship i am so goddamn sick of theon yeah i understand his path to redemption is not over and like the whole yar thing was a lot of like ptsd but i get it like i understand i think you know, especially like you said, now that Jamie's gone, Euron is going to be the number one person. Like, there's no one else to like get in the way of Cersei manipulating him, or like him being a wild card and maybe you know going against her. Like, it, it could pan out exactly like you said, but like next season, now that Jamie is gone, but it's like, I, like I understand we need a little bit of backstory, but I'm just I'm over it. Like I don't care that much. I totally agree with you. I mean, like. How many times are we going to go through this, like, circular storyline with Theon where he does something dumb or and or bad and then try, goes through a bunch of trials and tribulations to try to, like, redeem himself, sort of redeems himself, and then falls off Just the relapses. wagon again? Yeah, I mean, it, if, if we get a little bit more of Theon next season, it has to be because it's actually leading up to something that might be actually crucial to the storyline and i would imagine like at the best case scenario in the in the Greyjoy storyline is that theon kills euron and is now the the captain of all of the iron fleet because the the scenes with theon in the finale essentially showed us that if you defeat or kill the current leader of the iron islanders you are now the leader like that's basically what we saw happen right so I feel that if he does kill Euron or defeat him, then he will now be the captain of the Iron Fleet, 
which means John has essentially like unlimited ships at his disposal. That's the best case scenario, in my but, opinion. But let me ask you this. I guess because they ha- they're going to be carrying the Golden Company, they'll have the Golden Company, but isn't Cersei paying the Golden Company? So what does it matter if he brings the Golden Company over? Or are they just not going to bring them over? I think they're just not going to bring them over. You're gonna okay. So you're saying they're gonna get to the to Euron before he's right there. Okay, because I was gonna say then this is even worse. Because what is John supposed to do with a bunch of ships? Like at how, this point, like what? In, unless they're only there to like establish some sort of status quo. Like once the the White Walker threat is you well. Know, I mean, with. I guess if if that does play out, it completely destroys Cersei's plan. Yeah. Well, they all, yeah, they can't swim, so I think it is valuable to have ships. I mean, it got them out of hard home, you know? That's they true. definitely could have. That's true. <laughs> do they not have arrows? Like, why did they let him go? He could have <laughs> threw a spear at him and just killed John right there. They were like, go back and tell everyone what you saw. I uh, know. He was, like, so down. He was like, go ahead. I wish y'all would go back. It was yeah. like a winter has come for y'all moment. Yeah, basically. Man. What a great episode! That might be my favorite episode of the entire show. It was so sad, though. Like, it needed to happen, but it was so sad. I was mainly upset that like that one, uh, wildling woman was so great that episode, mm-hmm. and then she died. And I was like, y'all need to bring her back. She was amazing. She could have just stayed along and been like a captain. Like, it would have been great for her to her to stay, but. You know. She was like a female torment. She was in 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 a in a way, and I don't want to say a female tor- torment. She was just basically like a strong character of the wildlings. You know, she a she lead. yeah she was like a leader of of some clan I'm sure, and then got murked by like a bunch of zombie children. Yeah, Speaking that- of torment, I just so much loved this season. How unabashed he was about like Brienne. He was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I got this woman back home. <laughs> she only, like, looks him in the eye for, like, two seconds and then walks away. And he was just so confident. He was like, yeah, we're going to make tons of red-haired babies. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, he's, like, 100% and and he's suffering from delusions. That dude is in love, man. Let him be in love. There's not enough love in, in Game of Thrones. There's not. Yeah. There's only incest love. That Let there this is. pure love happen. I know. They're like... <laughs> feelings about our newest incest love because they don't know it's so unintentional you know it's not it's not jamie and and cersei at all like they have no clue that they're related so it's like none at all i've been here for it because they're both hot (laughs) but like she is his aunt but they're the same age i don't know i no, i i totally get what you're saying i mean the fact that they don't know makes it a lot better than if they did know but at the end of the day us as viewers know and it's still a little creepy no it's just it's just so it's so weird it, it really is and it's like i it's a little uncomfortable but at the same time i'm like you know what the targaryens used to do this shit all the time you know we saw it constantly with jb and cersei and yes it was like disgusting but you know what I, this is what it's gonna take for them to get to to create an alliance into wreak havoc against a White Walker, so I'm gonna yeah. just let this play out. There's really I sort I of, I, I kind of feel bad for them actually because they don't know, 
And so when they find out, it's going to be like, oh, shit. Be like, oops. Now what? Type thing. Versus if they knew, they probably wouldn't be doing that. (laughs) Did you even love Egret, John? Did you even like her? Say that again? You got to extend that Targaryen line. Yeah, that's true. But it mm-hmm. that's an interesting point. But, you know, since now John is going to be the actual rightful heir to the throne, I, I'm curious to see how Daenerys actually uh, reacts to that. Or does she find being, well, like, queen to his king? Well, I don't think that's how it's going to be. I mean, you know, she's always talking about breaking the wheel. And John obviously has bent the knee to her. So I'm fairly certain that he he seems to be 100% okay with her being the the actual ruler, and he's just sort of at her side. Well, yeah, he's bent the knee to her, but he also doesn't know. Yeah, but John also doesn't really give care. a shit that's, about that's that a good stuff. Point. You know, he, he doesn't. doesn't care. Like John will he will do anything that allows him to almost be killed. Like he for some reason will just. <laughs> Be a noble. He will do anything to put himself in harm's way. Like, this man seemingly wants to die, but doesn't. Like, in in episode six, you know, when the dragons show up and they're ready to walk away, they're only waiting on John. And he's like, hold on, I need to kill like four more guys to get to 50. Like, so let's end on a good number. It's it was, it was such a pointless plot point. Yeah. Like, it just. It made no sense. It literally the only reason they did it was so they could yeah. murk one of the dragons. Yeah, can we go back to that really quickly? Can we all agree that like the Night's King so he was ready for the dragon. Like he knew the dragon was gonna be there. He knew that was the only way for them to melt the wall down. Like this was all preordained by the Night's King, I feel like. I think he knew. Um my only is still issue with the whole thing was why did he shoot the dragon that was flying and not the one that why. was parked 500 <laughs> feet away from him? I think that he's been playing darts for like 12,000 years and he was like, let me just see if I can do it. Let me just test like, my skills. Like, I don't did... understand why she brought all three if they all fit on one. I was like, oh, she's bringing multiple because there's like a lot of guys she has to save. They all got on the same dragon. They did. So why did you need to bring all three? I, I don't know. I think she just like got, I mean, she was just really feeling herself. She was like, she did well, again. You know, Daenerys doesn't really know much about the White Walker threat. She didn't know how many of them there were gonna be. She probably thought, "I'll just go wipe them all out." And right. you know, there was no. They didn't have a really great conversation about what they were up against. Like Jon Snow right. is just like, "It's the army of the dead, my lord," and then left. <laughs> so that yeah. was pretty great. Thank you. I like to. Uh, I'm. I'm a big fan of Jon Snow saying "my lords." I don't know why. I just think the when the way he says it is so funny. My my other thing with the whole attack on the dragon rescue thing was like, you had three dragons. Why didn't they just light the Night King up at that point? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my counter argument to that would be like, they didn't really see. They like Daenerys didn't know where the Night King was, nor does she know what to look for. I mean, that's fine, but John, you know, if he wasn't so busy being stupid, could have just been like, yeah, yo, I mean, dragons. The way over the there. way John has been written in this season has been frustrating to me because of a, a very sheer lack of communication. You know, for example, in the first two episodes, we get a lot of like. You know, John is having his, those big meetings with his with, with the lords of the north, 
And it's like him and Sansa had no communication prior to going to the meetings. Like, you know, for most big meetings, you like have a pre-meeting with the people who are on your side before you go into like the main meeting. And then like they go in there and then Sansa's like disagreeing with him in front of all the lords. I'm like, God damn, y'all need to have these conversations before y'all walk into this huge meeting. Like y'all need to need to talk or something. Well, I think that was kind of evident throughout the season that the same thing happened at the big council for with Cersei too where somehow <laughs> the entire team Daenerys didn't know that Jon had bent the knee like that's something you should that, probably have discussed yeah. in the week or whatever it took to get down there yeah it also happened in early on when Cersei was having her her own meeting with the the lords that the very few lords that are now siding with her because like the big question is like so how are we going to kill those dragons and she was like oh yeah be right back and like let me actually figure this out and of course Kyburn comes up with that machine which isn't as effective as one might imagine uh but yeah there just seems to be like a very clear lack of communication on on both sides for multiple reasons which is which is so crazy because they have Bran who is essentially like a living encyclopedia of the history of the show can we talk about Bran please been a little late to the game, though. I mean, he—I don't still don't think that they really know how to use Bran. Bran's the worst. I mean, I feel he's like annoying, but he's—he's he's annoying. You know, he came through in the clutch during the little the end of the Littlefinger storyline, but like he, which he, also was not clear, right? And like, so Bran knows everything, but and he's, he knows how important it is that John knows about his heritage. Why is he just now thinking about telling him this? Because, and this is where I disagreed with you, Zed, when I texted you, I have some mixed feelings of, like that are different from yours. Oh, I'm is very this, excited for this. I think this whole, star, I really appreciated the whole Stark storyline because Bran doesn't want Winterfell. Bran just wants to be the Three-Eyed Raven. And if all this shit comes out about Jon's parentage and about all the crap he knows about everything then he's going to end up with Winterfell, and he doesn't want that. Well, how come Sansa can't just be the lady of Winterfell? Because it doesn't have to be a guy. Uh, not if he puts her in charge, like what they're doing now, right? Yeah, I mean, she's she's ruling now. He's still there. He's not doing anything. He's too... I guess he told him when they had their reunion that like everything was his, and he was like, I don't want it. Oh, yeah. That's right, and true. then the, he gave it basically to Sansa at that point, because she's in like the parents bedroom and right well i just think that that's why he told sam and that's why he hasn't told his sisters because i just don't think that he wants things to change that much but he knows that john needs to know who his parents why didn't he tell him already though right he's known he's known the whole season maybe he wants to look him in the eye maybe well it's good that he didn't tell him because sam came in with like that good info Right, yeah. which which to me the whole reveal to Sam was I I thought was executed very poorly. It was very rushed, but then we got to, we got to see Jon Snow in the close well, of destiny. Like, why, why the hell? Why would he tell Sam first of all? Like who? He doesn't even know the dude. He knows everything about him, Zed. He is the Three Eyed Raven. He knows everything. Yeah, we about know he's the Three Eyed Raven. He he says I'm the Three Eyed Raven at every opportunity he, he has. has to. They have to know that. that uh, resume like Daenerys is, is like 19 pages long. Yeah. <laughs> I like Braun. He's like Braun, son of. Ah, you wouldn't know him. 
so good. The, the other thing with Bran is, is like, he, he, he knows all this stuff, but he doesn't, again, like, like the whole thing with John, he doesn't tell anyone anything. Instead, he is just like being creepy about Sansa and like doing weird shit like that. And it's like, dude. Yeah, you have to imagine that they're having other conversations. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's definitely implied that they had. They a few they imply it the, the little finger thing, which right. uh, uh, going back to that, it was not clear until that point because they just rushed yeah. that whole storyline. I, I, I really think that storyline could have been very good if they had, in a true Game of Thrones season, put the full exposition behind it and really let it unfold rather than like yeah. I mean, I agree with you, but I was happy with it. I also was happy with it, and like most typical producers of TV, like they sacrifice a lot of that stuff for the shock value, right? Which right. I thought was delivered one hundred percent. I mean, as soon as Sansa like turns yeah, to the side but, and is like Lord Baelish, and then Baelish is like, that sounds. He's like, that sounds like my name. This is weird. What are we doing? Like, what oh, the is trial it? was great. I I just think the the lead up to it just did not deliver the meat behind the punch at the end well here's all because the I, balancing yeah. what was happening in winterfell with what was happening in dragonstone and around the rest right. of the world was like yeah you could have given it more time you could have given it more build-up but that was the boring when her and aria were fighting that was the boring part of every episode so it's like how much more are we gonna really get into this you know, pining the sisters against each other thing when there's like other cool, more exciting things happening. I 100% agree. No, I totally agree with you there, but I think that was a consequence of like them not writing the whole storyline very well and rushing the whole storyline. Well, I feel like they, it's almost like they didn't have a choice if they were going to provide well, ample attention to like, the other right. stuff, That's, which is and, fine. And, and like, yeah, it's, it goes back to the shorter yeah. season and the pacing behind it. Like, I if this part like, had to be done this way so I get Drogon destroying a bunch of Lannisters, then I'm all for it. Right. It's like, yes, the whole season was rushed. This definitely suffered from that, but it wasn't, like, the worst like the what the worst supper yeah it. i mean yeah that's Littlefinger went out like a punk man i mean <laughs> on his knees on his knees crying like a bitch that's like have some dignity man i have a question did he have a hand in turning catelyn and uh, other her sister against each other what was her name lisa lisa yeah, yeah. was Littlefinger a part of that did they turn against each other yeah i, I thought like i read feuding. somewhere the two of them kind of got turned against each other and that's why things were tense when she went to the veil when Catelyn went to the veil at that one point and it's kind of like I don't know if he had a hand in that but it's like he could turn them against each other but he couldn't turn Sansa and Arya against each other so I thought that was kind of gratifying I think he did because he he it basically right. he goes after or he was like in love with Catelyn right. and then he I think sort of settles for Lysa in a way and like kind of manipulates her against the rest of their family in a way so that's why she was Lysa was like kind of crazy because she had she was also just kind of crazy in general she was just a wild wild I think she was very Team Littlefinger because he had shown her the attention that she had kind of craved and Catelyn always got right I think the jealous that he liked Catelyn more than her Right. Like, just a jealous bitch, that girl. I kind of feel bad. She also breastfeeds like a third, like a fifteen-year-old. 
he was like eight, but yeah, I was so fucked up. I mean, he definitely had a mustache. Like it's kind of too much. <laughs> <laughs> too much. Um, yeah, I mean the the Stark stuff. I wasn't. I I was only really invested just to like get those sort of like satisfying reunion scenes, which Hi. only happened with Arya and Sansa because Bran made it weird. But um, oh, also Bran Littlefinger conversation was actually great when he brings out that chaos as a ladder line, and Littlefinger's like, "All right, I need to get the fuck out of this room, so be right back." Yeah, what was that? If that was to a conversation that Littlefinger had had. Yeah, so there's an episode, and I think season four or five is called "The Climb," and he like talks to Varys, and they're like, you know, Varys and Littlefinger have their little like conversations about like the end game and whatever, and he explains that chaos is actually a ladder, and it's actually this great scene because while Littlefinger is doing like this voiceover, we see like Tormund and Egret and John climbing the wall at the same time, so like the whole climb like metaphor is being applied all across like different storylines and it's really really cool um so yeah it's it's a uh they're drawing from that earlier season when he said that chaos is a ladder that brand apparently like very clearly has gone back and yeah seen. i feel like when brand is talking to someone he's like as he's talking to them he's like going through their whole history and like fast forward uh, definitely well, what he sees is selective right or he would have known that what's his face annulled his marriage before he married yeah he he has to be like i think he has like he's he's like a giant hard drive of like unlimited information but like if he wants to view something he has to be told like what it is first so he can actually go yeah he's like google you have to type in the search query right and then it pops up that sounds about right um yeah he he the whole uh, the whole like Rhaegar reveal i thought was very weak I hated that he looked exactly like Viserion. Yeah, I was like, is that the or same? Or Viserys. I, yeah. I hated that they had they like had to shove it in your face like that. I I just didn't think they needed to do it. Well, they only did it just to show that John is not a bastard and that he's the actual the rightful rightful but we heir. Kn- we knew all of that already. No, we didn't. Yes, we did because How? they mentioned the wedding. Already. Say that again? I feel like as a viewer and not a reader, I didn't necessarily know all of that. Like, I get it. They were dropping hints. They were like, oh, Easter egg. Like, we saw last season when uh, Liana gave Ned baby John and was like, this is my baby and not yours. But, like, I don't know. I felt like I did kind of need them to say, like, this is his actual name. These are his actual parents. It wasn't a fucked up situation of rape. They were actually married. Like, I don't know. I just I think they could have handled it better in general. I they they were they were dropping so many hints even this season, not even hints. They basically had like confirmed it multiple times at this point. And to like do this whole I I thought the whole sequence was frankly a little cheesy. Um certainly like suffered from the whole pacing. Yeah, but, but I, think, I think like it was necessary for them. I think to they do could it. have toned it down a little bit and I I hated the way that they did it to Sam. Just the whole Sam thing just felt stupid to me. It's like I thought just, Sam was though. Thinking back to like that sequence when he was cleaning the bedpans and I'm like why was that in this season? You mean the great <laughs> editing and sound editing of that sequence which was incredible? Yeah, but also a waste of time in a seven-episode season. Not to mention the perhaps the greatest transition in television history when he's like about to poke Jorah's grayscale, and then it transitions to Hot Pie's Pie. One of the greatest transitions I have ever seen in any sort that of media. That was gross. It was, was 
This amazing. dude just cured grayscale. Like, I don't need to see him cleaning out a bedpan. I think he needs to be made a maester immediately because he basically cured an incurable thing. And he's not getting any respect that he well, deserves. He cured an incurable thing based on instructions of another person who's done it before. Yeah, but it's like... But, like, he had the balls well, to recognize it. was like, it. not only that, but, like, everybody else were just gonna... They were just gonna let Jorah ride. Like, they didn't even give a shit about trying to research it. Like, they... It kind of seems like they just sit around and read fan mail all day. Like, they don't... It doesn't seem like they're what? actively yeah. doing anything. Yeah, they're not proactive about anything. They're just like, oh, oh, this guy Lodos, he thinks he's the son of the drowned god. Let's read more fan mail. And then that's it. Like, nothing's oh, actually Chris happening. Slughorn, though. So glad to see him. Who? The guy that played him was another Harry Potter Oh, actor. Jim Broadbent? He, he was, was that Horace Slughorn? It was. Nice. Yeah, he was a dick here, though. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. was. Um... What did you guys think about the whole council meeting? What council meeting? The main. Oh, council. the dragon pit scene. Yeah. Um, Clegg Ball. That's my thoughts on that entire thing. I don't know if it's gonna happen, man. I think that might be all you get is that one interaction. Oh no, man. He kind of he he brought the hype. He literally went up to his brother and was like, "You know who's coming for you." I'm like, "It's gotta happen." But again, I've also said this for three seasons, so it's probably not gonna happen. I just don't know if there's time for it. I think that that converse, the conversation between the two of them was like a toss to the to the fans that wanted it. See, I feel like they if that was their nod to Clegane Bowl, like they shouldn't have done it at all. I mean, I feel like because now it's like leading you on even more. It's like oh, but there's there is so much buildup here. I mean, you got you have obviously their history, but like the whole like by the time the series is done, the Hound has to figure out or overcome his weakness of fire and i feel like he's gonna do that by killing his brother using fire or maybe he'll do the flaming sword thing since he was with thoros and beric and thoros basically died because he was too scared to fight a flaming zombie bear like he was cool when it was just a zombie bear but heaven forbid it catches on fire and he can't even fuck with it anymore it's like there's so many things that around surrounding the hound that could be accomplished just by killing his brother. I'm so mad at the killing. hound about letting Thoros die. Thoros did not have to die. Yeah, he definitely needs to redeem himself after that whole winter walk sequence. Yeah, I mean, and, and like they're obviously keeping him around for like some sort of bigger thing. I mean, they keep hyping up why the hound's coming back. And I feel like... It's just too like it. The setup is so perfect. It's like Cersei's flying off the handle again. The only person that's able to shield her from anything is like Kyburn in the mountain, and the only person in the series that can defeat the mountain is either Brienne or the Hound. So it's but like, do we even think that's possible, given that he's like a zombie man? Yeah, he can just burn him. All right. And then he's done. He just has those nasty red eyes. Yeah, he's kind of fucked up. He can't even talk. <laughs> but I bet he still tortures that one person every night. Oh, Seth. Poor lady. He probably. I like to imagine that he's just like reading her a story, but like can't pronounce any of the words right, and she's just like, I can't stand this. His literature is so bad. So I read this other thing that said that Lena Headey and the guy that plays Braun used to date. And it ended so poorly that that's why they had Braun go, like, grab a drink with Pod. 
before yes. the thing started so that they were in the scene together. I heard oh, that also. Bad. That's too bad. That's just nuts. I know. Like, how could your breakup be that bad that it's like built into your rider that you can't be in a scene with another human? I mean, that's wild. I mean, I, I feel like it's really not that wild because, you know, it's, it's, it's something as easy as like they have the breakup, right? They find out they're doing this large show together. She just tells her agent, hey, I'd rather not do scenes with this person. And it's like a light request. And then the agent goes to like HBO and just like crushes them. It's just like, you can't put my client in scenes with this guy. Like just rails in on him until they just like acquiesce. And I feel like it's just something as simple as that. And then, you know, there we go. It is not that big of a deal. I mean, like, why does Bra need to be in scenes with her? Yeah, it's just like, team. I mean, there were so many people in that council scene that just stood there and did nothing but look around. And it's like... <laughs> why was Varys there? <laughs> they could, you're right. Like, everybody. Brienne didn't do anything in that scene. Like, there were so many people that just stood there that it's like, I don't understand why she couldn't or he couldn't. I don't know who the issue was. Just stand there. Like, and not, like he didn't need to talk in that scene. He didn't. Uh, no. Uh, though, uh, speaking of Brienne, though, that the conversation with uh, Brienne was great. Jamie, yeah. Because they're like being proud parents of Arya, essentially. I just thought that was a great moment. And like, who, like, I forgot that the Hound was technically dead to oh, most people. Uh, I right, completely right. forgot. I was like, oh shit, right. Like, she thought that she killed him. Yeah, I really enjoyed all of the reunions this entire season. Like, yeah. not the obvious, like, sibling ones, but the ones of, like, Bronn and Tyrion. And just, it was just nice to see these people having conversations. And, like, Bronn, like, throwing it back to Podrick's, like, magical dick or whatever. It's just, <laughs> it's like, it was sweet because it was, like, you know, this is coming to an end. The end is in sight here. And these people are all alive now, so let's bring them together. I totally agree with you. I thought the um, the reunions and the council scene especially were the best parts of the council scene. The council in general, like, the the end outcome of it, the council seemed very pointless because they were basically exactly where they began before the council. Because Jon Snow, in his honor, I love that. He just He's so good at messing things up diplomatically. Like, really they literally is. did the whole council, and then they were just, like, back to square one. Even yeah, after. Him fucking it up. I mean, yeah, he shouldn't have said that. But it's like, Cersei clearly, like, saw this White Walker and still wasn't gonna, like, change her plan. You know what I mean? Right. So it's And you guys discussed this before. Like, if they hadn't have brought the White, like, how was Euron gonna bounce out of there and go get those other people? It was just, <laughs> like... I, if she was, if nothing is going to change her mind, then John refusing to bend the knee wouldn't have made a difference anyway, because she still would have found a way to be like, nah, we're going to do us, you know? Yeah, that's true. Right. And then she's still, at the end of the day, even though she supposedly agreed to do it, still was like, nah, still going to do us. And, and I, she doesn't even have the element of surprise anymore. Like, oh, she can ambush them because they think that. I'm on their side because Jamie left, and Jamie's gonna go tell them. He so did. like, yeah, he left, and we're not we're not really in that side of the story. The whole season felt a little wasted on it because we're really we got nowhere with that. Well, I want I, I don't think it was pointless because it did provide like some really great TV moments. Like I would say that anytime the Lannisters. 
I'm like, looking at it from a plot perspective, though. It did not move the plot along at yeah, all. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's a television. It's not like a book. It's not like a story that you just read and you're like, oh man, that was great. Like it's TV, and their job is to sure. provide great television. You and still gotta push the the plot along, though. Why waste, especially in a short season where every second and every minute is so valuable? Like it just it. The whole council was, I thought, what it was like twenty five minutes of the first of that last episode. Yeah, and it was still great. There were some great moments in it, but at the end of the day, it was inconsequential. Uh, I don't want to go that far. I mean, it they, was though. They they teased, you know, uh, a very interesting conversation with Tyrion and Cersei, and kind of what the fallout could mean with Tyrion and Daenerys. Like, did he betray her? Did he tell Cersei to lie? Like, we don't really know. So it's like, it's sort of food for thought of what that could have actually been about. Um, and I just thought it was just fucking cool. I mean, everything with the white, the, it was like a perfect demonstration. Like, I felt like I was, it was like the equivalent of like a big business meeting, except instead of a PowerPoint of showing why they should do something, they had like a live burning demonstration with a zombie it was just like <laughs> they were like we presented this as clearly as we could like what's the answer you can burn them you can stab them with dragon glass <laughs> yeah it was like being at a circus or something i shit. also really loved kyburn just like kyburn freaking out over it, like oh my god he's such a nerd for weird dead things yes yeah, he had a <laughs> massive erection i'm sure he was just like i'm just gonna create an army of these guys like it's gonna be great let's just figure it out that yeah it was just so funny he just like gets up and is just like this is amazing i know he was just like can i have one please seriously he's like no you can't you have one already yeah, like, did you bring an extra? Yeah, seriously. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I, I enjoyed the scene. I wanted something crazy, crazier to happen, uh, mostly because of my own personal reasons, like wanting Clegane Bowl to happen. But, uh, you know, it's it's whatever. You know, it, 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 it provided really good TV. And then the whole da- daenerys John Snow conversation after that, he seems very determined to give her a baby. So, you know, we'll see how that goes. Right, it, yeah, it definitely planted that. But I also think just having, like, they knew that she was going to ride in on her dragon. Like, the minute they right. Cersei was there and she saw that Daenerys wasn't there, she was like, she going to come in on this dragon. So I think having mm-hmm. it in the pits was very uh, telling as well because it was like, this is where we tortured and killed and essentially, like, got rid of all of your babies. Right, yeah. I mean, yeah. You knew as soon as she wasn't there, she's like, yep, she's going to make her grand entrance on her dragon, spouting her 25 different titles, titles yeah, um, and make right. a whole, like, spectacle out of it. Um, I really she, wish we would have got a scene, like, as, you know, as cool as it was for the main characters to kind of take over, like, I wanted to see, like, some of the interpersonal scenes, like, conversations with, like, Varys or Jorah, or, like, I mean, because Jorah, like, he hasn't been in when was the last time Jorah was in King's Landing like I think we actually never saw him in King's Landing at all or like Varys this is a group that he clearly betrayed and he's off to the other side now and then you know I I just thought those conversations would be would be fun I can see why they would definitely be inconsequential at this time but like I can imagine just reading this scene in in the book and just like being able to get all these different perspectives of what this really big event means for a lot of different people you know 
Yeah, but, I mean, just getting them all in the same area, same place together was was cool to see. You know, both a lot of people were had flip flop sides multiple times by this point, and so yeah. it was like it was cool to see them. Yeah, in the same place. And, I, and I'll say the same thing when we got like the Suicide Squad mission to go to Eastwatch because I know that it made no sense whatsoever. But when I saw the scene of them walking out of Eastwatch and they're like lined up like the fucking Avengers, I was 100% invested. I was like, let's go. Like, this is like such a great squad to get together. And you know what? They only lost one person. So they actually had a very high success rate. They're yeah, very so, effective. They lost yeah, one that, guy. That's shocking. Sh- absolutely shocking. They left the guy who froze to death. He has a flaming sword. He could have just left it on overnight. <laughs> also, like, where the hell is Kendry? Like, you brought him back. You had him, like, run, like, the flash across the tundra when he's never seen snow. And now, like, he's gone again. I think the most obvious thing is, like, he's probably attached to, like, an iron lung right now trying, like clinging on to life after blowing out his lungs. I, I, I really think that what scene was like literally the only reason they bought, brought Gendry back. Nah, man. You, nah. I know you keep dragon saying armor. he's gonna make Let's dragon armor, it. but I don't know. I Let's don't get it on the dragon armor. Like, everybody has seen the dragons get harmed at this point. Like, you know, at, at some point, Daenerys is gonna be like, we're gonna have to figure out how this happens. It's like the Lannisters harmed Drogon. She saw Drogon get hurt in the fighting pits. The Night's King killed one with the spear. They have unlimited amounts of, of obsidian. Like, are you just gonna ignore the obvious here, or what are we doing? How do you make armor out of obsidian? I feel like that's the very same hard way to that do. you make it out of any other metal. You just make it. Obsidian's a stone, though. Yeah, but Gendry's a blacksmith. He's been one his whole life. They'll figure it out. But you can't just like melt the stone and meld it like metal have you ever seen obsidian it's very flaky yeah i mean it is but like even if it's not obsidian they have other resources like do you want the dragons to die because apparently the nice king can throw one i think they should take all the valyrian steel there's not enough it would be like and make like a little helmet for the dragon? For the dragon. Where valyrian steel is and then every other person's got like a tool made out of it so Huh? Say that again? They keep saying how rare Valyrian steel is, <laughs> but it's like Sam has a sword, Brienne has a sword, everybody's got a freaking sword. That's it's true. Like yeah. So I they mean, might have enough. They definitely don't, though. There's like six swords, I think. But like, I mean, they could go to the Doom of Valyria and maybe try to pick up some, but that would be a bad area. That's a bad idea. In the uh, in the books, there's like krakens and stuff over there, so like, you would definitely die well, if you I mean, to Jorah's go. been there. That's how he got his grayscale. So is Tyrion. That's how Tyrion did not get grayscale. I don't know. So they should go back, maybe. Maybe just fly a dragon over there. Yeah, maybe. Can I mean, the dragon get grayscale? Uh, damn, that would be fucked up. Like, what if the zombie dragon went over there, got a bunch of Valyrian steel, but also got grayscale? I think, like, once you're dead, you can no longer contract diseases. Also, for, for Viserion, I feel like if you, like, barely scratch him with obsidian, like, he's just gonna die like the rest now, right? Yeah. Because he's technically a white, and it's like the second they get touched by that stuff, they just die. Same thing with the walkers. I mean, they just explode. But he can also fly away from he, it. He's, like, really fast now. He's like He is way more effective as a zombie than he was when he was alive. Danny should have given him more attention. I blame her. I do, She's too. She's all up on Drogon. She's ignoring the other two. 
And now you're like, oh, one of my babies. And it's like, well, if you would have trained the baby exactly. a little bit better. Didn't even ride him, probably. And he, like, he also can, like, release a stream of fire for, like, minutes at a time. Like, does he, do they, does he not have to breathe or anything? He can just shoot it out and it just can never stop. He probably practices circular breathing. The Night King probably taught him it. Probably. He was like, did you see that boy Gendry running? His cardiovascular game is so strong. You need to be like him. <laughs> and then he melted half of the wall down. Or not even half. never seen snow before. Or probably even been cold. That and poor guy. Sprinting. Oh. It was cool to have Gendry back. I was pretty excited about it. Yeah. He, he did his, like, marathon run. I thought he was going to die. I did, too. Because they showed the hound with the, uh, with the, um, with the hammer. So I was like, well, he's going to die. Okay, so I have a question for both of you that I took a quiz recently and it inspired it. Okay. If you could pick anyone, alive or dead, to be your hand, who would it be and why? Oh. Is, is this is assuming that we're the, ruler, the rulers of, like, Westeros or, like, another part of the planet? You're definitely in Westeros. I wouldn't say you're, like, at King's Landing. Oh, Tyrion. Because obviously you have people, you can pick whoever you want in the world. But you're, like, a king, and you got to pick a hand. I would say Tyrion. I would say Tyrion, too, up until season seven. Can we, if we could get rid of Tyrion season seven's decisions, then he would be a great, the best hand. Yeah, I would say that even with his season seven decisions, he's. I mean, still season best. two Tyrion was like as the hand was amazing. He was like he was doing deals to get money. He was like, well, he was the master of coin. He wasn't the hand, but like he was doing all sorts of great things. He stopped Stannis from being able to take down uh, King's Landing through Blackwater. He did some like really impressive things, and Varys was like, okay, I need to take this guy seriously. Like he might be the person to stick with. Um. So yeah, I'm gonna. I'm a. I will 100% say Tyrion. What What about uh? What about you? See, I worry about Tyrion's loyalty. So my answer would be Davos. Davos really? is also a great one. Why Why do you question his loyalty? I I'm curious. I mean, listen. We know why he killed his father, and why he left his family, but. It, it it doesn't look great, you know what I mean? That a Lannister is like, peace out, y'all, and just, like, went out to, you know, middle of nowhere and is now, like, chilling with some girl he just met. I just feel like Davos, even though he knew Stannis, I think at a certain point he knew Stannis wasn't going to be king, that Stannis stood in his own way, he got too involved with the red witch bitch, but it's like he never left him. He never left until he was ordered to leave because... He's loyal and he's smart and he doesn't let these vices kind of blind him or he doesn't like let these weaknesses necessarily stand in the way of his decision making. I don't know. I just I trust him. And he's got those one liners. I mean, they both do. That's that's all true. But in terms of Tyrion killing his father, I I would argue that that was like a self-defense mechanism more than him betraying his family or anything and I think that came out in this in the scene he had with Cersei where he actually talks about how he feels awful and that he never meant to to do like betray anyone but he it was he had to because they were about to kill him it was what it came down to and I, I I don't see him being disloyal to to 
Daenerys at all. I know people are theorizing that, oh, who knows what he said to Cersei, but I just, I don't buy it. Right. I just mean, I, I don't know. Sometimes I worry about Tyrion and his decision-making and where his mind's at. Oh, yeah. I mean, his decision-making this season was not it was not great. No. I mean, I, I like your choice of Davos, though. Like, yeah, Davos would be my number that's a, two. That's a pretty in, in, inspired choice. I feel like most of his decisions, aside from backing Stannis, have been pretty good. Though, I'll say that was a really, really big decision that didn't seem to... He off his goddamn fingers and he still stuck with him because he... I mean, I really think that he believed in him up until a certain point, you know? Yeah, I mean, Stannis' weakness was that he really let Melisandre's sort of blind faith... Well, not... Yeah, she let, he let his faith blind him right. and tore his family apart. And then, like... You know, Davos' family died in the Battle of the Blackwater also. Like, his son got blown up by Tyrion, right. basically. And he was, like, on a island or like on top of a rock for like some days afterwards like just surviving until he got picked up yeah davos davos sticking with stannis you have to also remember stannis before melisandre was kind of known as this very stern just but very just guy and even though it was sometimes very rough or rough justice it was still he he wasn't known to be like an evil or unfair person he was just kind of a hard guy yeah so so i think him sticking with stannis through that i think davos kind of knew stannis before the the whole grasp of melisandre and that's what he believed in was that person not necessarily him under melisandre's spell essentially and i think he was actively trying to fight Melisandre off. Yeah, I mean, as soon as he saw counsel. like the Shadow Baby, he was like, "I don't know if I'm in for this. Right, this is not what I signed up for." But right. I mean, Davos is a great negotiator. He he ended up being able to talk to the uh, to the uh, the Iron Bank to get those mercenaries that helped him defeat the Wildling army. So like, he's definitely skilled in that realm. He was able to like you know pay off the uh, speak to and like he he was able to negotiate with the uh the city watch or whatever to leave him and gendry alone like he he's a great talker um it's it's the other things if we're really gonna get deep about this that could be of concern like when it comes to advising for battles like how i don't know i really don't know how great he is he's not like any sort of esteemed commander or anything right but but neither is Tyrion. i mean he's led one battle but like he was good at it it was good though sure but he's not a military mind that's why you have generals for i think i think i don't necessarily view the hand as a purely like military leader Mm -hmm. or anything i think it's someone who can give you counsel and the the council I think would be a more general like okay you should go to war do this or that and then you let the generals kind of handle yeah, the battlefield I mean, from there right right so and I liked him when I was watching season six and I didn't know what the fuck was happening so I'm like dude I've <laughs> always been on your side yeah he's he's a good dude I, I I do like Davos he has a fantastic beard too shout out to his beard I like his accent. It's- not that long, but it's still like here for you, you know. It's it's very um, it's very well kept, and yeah, it, it looks very soft. Kinda it probably like keeps a, a trimmer on here. Yeah, it's surprising. Some of the 
I, I find it funny that some of those dudes look as clean as they do on the show. Like John shouldn't. John sometimes looks a little too clean. I mean, they have a barber on Dragonstone that like gives him like clean cuts per episode. <laughs> clearly, but apparently, Grey Worm. Grey Worm definitely had a fresh cut when he showed up to he King's Landing. Fine in that last scene. Grey Worm. The whole. I love Grey Worm Masande. I love everything about that. Me too. I was here for it. Because Masande gave him that good good, and it gave him the strength of a thousand men. He threw a spear so hard that it pinned someone with armor on against the wall. It was yeah. awesome. That was one of the weirdest but also most gratifying romances of the series. I loved it. It worked. And you saw like Daenerys talking to her about it. She was like, what? Tell me everything about what y'all did. And then, like, Masande's like, nah, nah, I'll tell you when we get back into the room. That was such a, like, schoolgirl conversation. It was. And then it pans to Jon Snow, and Masande's like, yeah, what's going on with that? Like, what's good there? Well, Davos and Jon had one, too, and he was like, she's pretty, huh? Or whatever. Yeah, yeah, they had the bro convo. Yeah, Yeah. I love it. (laughs) It's like the fact that we even get this at all. Davos was just like, yo, she's kind of fine, isn't she, Jon? Jon was like, yup. (laughs) Jon's like, I don't have time for this right now. Yeah, John. John was like doing the honorable thing. I don't have time. To... I have to throw myself into battle and die. Like, I haven't looked at her yet. <laughs> but I also feel like I mean I agree with you that a lot of the more sly characters kind of lost that this season just because there wasn't time for that development. I was at least grateful that they were having these like non-robotic conversations because it's like. Yeah, it's a war. Like, yeah, they might die, but they're also still humans with needs, and they still observe things. And it was just nice to have like those quips still be present. Yeah, and not sacrifice to like the oh no, there's only so many episodes, you know? Right, right, right. yeah. I and I think Game of Thrones has always been very good at throwing in those kind of humanizing conversations mm-hmm. with with people and and, and, yeah. and for good or worse if it's you know positive or very <laughs> sometimes they're negative conversations they're not like, good people but i going back to pod like remembering that scene where he went to the brothel and then he comes back and has that conversation with Tyrion in in Bron he was like wait you didn't have to pay and like like they just let him come they let him come and go as he pleases cuz he's just like the man i guess and then, like, they get all the alcohol. And he's like, we need details, Pod. Lots and lots of copious details. Like, I just thought that was, like, it's so silly. But it's, like, a, it's just a nice scene. Because, like, there's so much conflict and it's such a heavy show. That just having silly moments like that, I was like, this is kind of fun. Or even when Tyrion, like, way back when they were still in Marine, when Tyrion was sitting there and Grey Worm and Missande were, like, oh, yeah. sitting And it was clear that something had that they were, like, pining for each other, but Tyrion was like, tell me a story while we I wait. Know. <laughs> Grey Worm was like, I went on patrol, on patrol, <laughs> we did these things, on patrol. And then Matande's like, what's a story? It's just, like, ridiculous. It's just this funny stuff. Bear shows up, he's like, thank God. I didn't know where to, you know, drive this conversation. He was, like, about to play drinking games with them. He was. And then he was like, that's a bad idea. What did you guys think of... Um... Daenerys's tendencies or kind of flashes of the Mad King in her that she showed a few times this season where she lit up some some lords and then Varys and Tyrion also had a, a conversation about it where yeah. they're very concerned. I mean, it's hard. You can't... It's going to be difficult to inspire loyalty if you're, like, burning up some of the most crucial, important figures in Westeros. But, like, 
you know, again, this goes back to like having these conversations before you do it. Because like when Daenerys says you can either die or join us, it's like you maybe should have had that conversation with Tyrion first because now that you said that, you can't really go against your word because now you're going to look weak. So it's like, right. what can you do I now? mean, Tyrion tried. He was like, we'll send them to the Night's Watch. I'm like, Daenerys doesn't give a fuck about the Night's Watch. She also Watch. doesn't know what that is. She doesn't know what it is. Um, like, why would she care? Yeah, it's interesting. You've mentioned the whole prophecy of, of um, Azor Azai. I and, love that prophecy. And... John potentially killing her to bring Lightbringer the sword or whatever to life essentially it's it'll be interesting to see if if that whole her being sort of a mad queen in the end if she kind of loses it manifests itself in him taking her down in terms of getting the sword yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I'm making this a lot up, of like, a lot of uh, another interpretation of that whole prophecy. Like, uh, are you familiar with that prophecy, Kylene? Actually, when I said prophecy earlier, I just meant that like Cersei went to that witch when she was little, and they were like, "All your kids are gonna die." So no, I don't know what you're talking about. Right, right. there's multiple prophecies. Yeah. So like uh, during the original war, when it was um. When it was like the the Night's King and his forces versus the um, versus like the Children of the Forest and the men, there was like one individual stepped out. And he was known as the Prince who was promised, and he ended up being like the last hero. And he ended up making this like crazy sword, and it took him like thirty days and thirty nights. Like the first time it didn't work, the second time he like k- killed a lion first, and it still didn't work. And then like the third time. When he uh, he stabbed the sword through his wife's heart, and then somehow like her soul got bonded to the weapon, and it you know became the sword Lightbringer that could just catch on fire, which is like the sword that Melisandre said that uh, Stannis was wielding. And there's like a lot of signs that this character is John, and there's like a lot of different components of the prophecy that hint at it being you know either Daenerys or John, you know, and so forth and so forth. Um, but, you know, essentially the biggest part of the prophecy is, like, he will plunge a sword into Daenerys, but, you know, taken out of context, right? He that. Exactly, you know what I mean? Like, if he's the sword, then he's kind of plunged the sword in her already. Like, oh God. prophecy's been fulfilled. That's not subtle yeah, at all. The prophecy is yeah. from having a baby. Also, they have, there's so many conversations about, is... Azor is the prince who was promised Jon Snow or Daenerys or whoever like there's no question that it's Jon I mean even in the books like Melisandre's like I pray to the Lord of Light to show me the prince who was promised and all I see is snow I'm like it's obviously Jon Snow come on now I think it's interesting that when you're a bastard your last name has to do with like where you are I uh, know Technically, he was born in Dorne, so they're like, Sand. he's John Sand. <laughs> yeah, so silly. Uh, yeah, I kind of like the that Ginger like, Waters. little cultural tidbit that they had in yeah. there about that. Speaking of that, can we like give a round of applause to the producers for killing off everything that has to do with Dorne in like the second episode? Oh, thank God. Here's my thing. And I, I express this as an unpopular opinion along with my unpopular opinion of hating Arya. Oh my god. Wait, what? Hold I on now. Her. Drives me nuts. The you... only time I liked her was in, like, the pilot. My god, you didn't like her when she killed off the entire family line of the phrase like they deserved? 
I mean, that was like one justifiable justifiable thing that she did, but that doesn't make me like her. She also I, got Ed Sheeran in. <laughs> they had a conversation Ed, where the greatest single in the history of Westeros was leaked. Aria, it was just like, yeah, Ed, you know. Blackberry anyway. one. I, uh, Kylie, and I, it's funny you say that. I actually sort of agree with you. I felt like a lot of Arya's storyline was like just kind of off in its own world, not really having an impact on like the greater well, I think story. That they didn't know what to do with her for a while, right? Because yeah. We had said we had clearly differentiated her from from Sansa and what Sansa wants, and you know being essentially a lady versus a man and it's like we but we already have this character of Brienne that like does this so well so it's like what do we do with this like younger version of that it's like I, anyway well we, it's I, I I'm curious now that you know she she has all her like training and everything and she's kind of used it in this storyline or this season like was that the culmination of her story <laughs> was like her going through all this and then in the end, she just, like, does some detective work and gets Baelish killed. Like, that was... Is that the culmination of that whole story arc? Or is she going to do something next season, too? I think she's got to do something more. I mean, I the scene with Brienne what, and Arya was is she awesome. going to do? I don't know, man. Wait before she became a faceless man? That's the thing. She, it's like how she, like, put on these faces when she, like, left Bravos. Yeah, but she learned how to do everything. Yes. Like she was there for probably like a year or so. I mean, she was blind for a, a, a number of times. She, she bodies like half of it. Yeah, and then like she put on a, a few different masks to, to kill people that she wasn't supposed to kill. Yeah. Uh, so like she learned that there's definitely a, some scenes where she learned how to fight better. She learned like which poisons were which. Like when she was blind, she like from from her sense of smell, she was able to de- like decipher which poisons were poison and, like, what their effects were, blah, 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 whatever, whatever. So, like, they definitely showed us how she knows how to do all these different things. Yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, I, I just I don't like her. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she was sort of insufferable in most of the season, but... I think that's it. It's just, like, whenever she was on screen, I was just like, ugh. Yeah, yeah. Like, why is Stark so shitty? Because then you was... get to Bran and you're like, ugh. She was, yeah, she was very uh, easy to to dislike in this season. She was just very, like, she was being very aggressive and, like, annoying about it. And I was like, all right, you need to chill, Arya. Yeah, this, yes, yes, this scene, she was just like, but you're betraying John, And it's like, bitch, John put her in charge. Like, yeah, she might not be doing things the way that he would have done them, but, like, she's not outright being, like, down with John. Like, it's just. To be honest, she probably did a better job than John would have. Yeah, because John doesn't understand, you know, the same yeah. shit. He's not. He wasn't meant to. I, I don't think John was meant to well, rule. You He's know, a it's, hero. He was meant to sacrifice himself going, repeatedly. Yeah, John. It's funny. Like even in this season, in, in this season, John's like diplomacy skills all of a sudden fell apart. Like he was able to unite the North to some degree. Well, was he able to unite the North for his diplomacy, or was he able to do it because of his name? I mean, there's a great story. It's like, the Starks have ruled Winterfell for forever. The person who usurped it is the most despicable human being of all time. And it's like, you have the Lady of Winterfell, who essentially at this point is like the natural ruler. It's easy for you to get people on your side, I feel like, in a way. Still, but he was still going... 
around and and recruiting these belligerent houses who yeah. had left them. Yeah, but John failed most of the time. Like he basically got by because of Davos and, and uh, Sansa. Right, right, that's true. So yeah, I mean, definitely Sansa. Sansa's the the best ruler of the three. And even in this season, I thought she. I know. I guess in the end was like a total ruse, but like she was kind of weakly written as well. And I've been a huge Sansa fan for the last like season or two. Yeah, once she learned all she needed to know from uh, from from Littlefinger. I mean, she's become a badass. She's really like become mm. that little smile after she like let the dogs loose on Ramsay. I'm like, she is definitely done a 360 right now. You also need those ebbs and flows when you're developing a character, and I feel oh, for like sure. her, her high, like her self redeeming plot was before, you know. Yeah, no, I, you know, Sansa's had, I think, a very fulfilling hmm. character arc where she was this very annoying child for a while. Then she was just like this very annoying. That she was like the victim forever. Victim, but like wasn't really didn't have a personality. Was just kind of there, and you know had some bad things happen to her, and she just was there. Yeah. And then how oh, good she had it married to Tyrion, who like never touched her. Right. Yeah. You had that whole thing in King's Landing. Then she finally escapes and gets sold off and gets put literally through hell, mm-hmm. which I think really. Well, obviously, it was very yeah. awful, but like forges her into this very strong character. Yeah, now. I mean, and she went, she got to such a low place that she had to depend. She had to depend on the person who like killed her two brothers and ruined her family in a, in a way just well, to get out of that. Quote situation. unquote, killed her. Two yeah, brothers, but, but to yeah, her point, to her of view. point. Yeah. So she, for her to kind of go come full circle in that regard has been very fulfilling for me. Um, and then, like, bef- the season, it was, like, very frustrating because you, you're like, you know you know better, Sansa. And, mm-hmm. right. But she, uh, obviously, again, at the end of the day, it was kind of a fake thing, but it was very annoying. She's like, oh, my God, why is she falling for Littlefinger's traps again? Yeah. And then it obviously wasn't. I, but I do love it my favorite line. It was a little annoying. My favorite line from Sansa the whole season was when, like, Baelish was talking to her and she was like no need to continue I'll just assume you said something clever I was like damn that was great I also loved when her and Arya were on the wall of Winterfell and she was like you're still strange and kind of annoying but you're cool in my book Arya that that, John had didn't they end last season up there I think so, yeah. Who? Uh, yeah. And they were like, yeah. Father always said it was going to come when right. like, it started snowing again. Yeah, those 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 little moments were, were nice. Um, Can we talk about how we need this whole season, needed more Lady Mormont? Yeah, where was she? Where the fuck was she? Like, what happened? Was she even in the scene with Littlefinger at the end? I don't even see her, but maybe she was. Okay. I mean, granted, the only person that said anything that was, like, standing in the Lord Royce was Bale dude, but... Yeah. <laughs> but every meeting, though, it was, like, the same three people talking. It was, like, Lady Mormont, Lord Royce, and then, like, the one dude that was... Oh, Lord Glover. 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 Those were the only three talking and doing, like, the press release meetings or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it was, like, a... The, the Leanna Mormont would steal the show though every single time. They give her like really good monologue. She's like, "I only have one king, and his name is Snow." I was like, "Oh, little girl, killing it!" 
Honestly, and she's like, I'm not gonna sit by the fire knitting while my men are out fighting. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I'm trying to get my hands she dirty. She probably would have killed more people than they would have. They should like have a spinoff with her and Arya. Like Arya teaches her how to be a phases man, and then they just go off fulfilling the rest of Arya's list. She probably fights with like a great sword. Let's be honest. Bro, she probably has like a a mace with spikes coming out of it. She has to have like or like double axe wielding, like some sort of know. like Lord of the Rings. She's dwarf she's kind of probably crazy on the battlefield. I wouldn't go up against her. Probably. Who def- is alive from the list? Uh, Clegane, arguably, if alive is a hound or hound? Because didn't she say she took the hound off? Well, Gregor is on the list though. Oh. Well. So I think it's just Gregor and Cersei. I think they're the only two left. Yeah. The list is getting short. What's she gonna do when it's over? That's the thing. It's like you put all your eggs in like a she learns to fight basket. She's gonna. Uh, Retire. She's gonna force Gendry to marry her and be her sex life forever. Oh, what? Yeah. I'm here for that. I'm also here for the Gendry Arya romance. That will probably never happen. Or I'm in for love triangle, hot pie, Gendry Arya. This is getting real weird right now. Yep. That and the. She like turned hot pie down. She was being real snappy or er, sassy with him. She was being very short with him, even though he basically pledged his unyielding loyalty to her. In yeah, one he ga- he gave her free food and ale. Like, why was she being so mean to him? I know. And like, for someone who's such a great gatherer of information, like, she didn't even know her brother was leading. He was like back in Winterfell. Yeah. This dude's here at like a halfway point. Like, pump him for info. Yeah, she like wasn't even trying. Yeah, I was mad that she was treated him. She's so probably poorly. like getting over her meeting with Ed Sheeran. She was like, "Oh my god, I can't believe that just happened!" Like, I need to tell everybody. She yeah, that was it. cute. I don't understand why do people hate it so much. People are dumb. No, people I, are just like people are wasted dumb. this time on Ed Sheeran and his number one hit single. It was like Rose. thirty seconds long. I I thought it was funny. I I thought it was particularly funny because. They didn't even try to change his appearance at all. They just stuck some armor on him and just let him go they did. the scene. They were just like, yeah. Ed, you look already kind of dirty and grungy yeah. enough to like fit in. So here, put this It's hilarious that they did armor on. Yeah. Because like, for most other people, like you find out later, they're like, oh, he was one of the zombies in the White Walker army. They like... They were just like, no, this is 100% Ed Sheeran yeah, and it's, playing it's, himself, playing he, someone that's in the Lannister army. I, yeah. <laughs> people getting mad at his appearance are like just very dumb because the show does have a history of putting in like celebrities in random scenes so like mm-hmm. if you, there was an article that I read that detailed all of them um, there's like Will Champion the drummer mm-hmm. from Coldplay is in the Red Wedding um, oh. the band Mastodon which is like a metal hard rock band um, has been in the show like multiple times as White Walkers or as um, zombies. Oh, there's a football player that was in there. Um, probably. Um, the, and the, all of, of Monsters and Men was in the scene. Are you serious? Yeah. They got to be in Game of Thrones? They were in Game of Thrones. They were in the scene where Arya's watching the play in Bravos. Oh, they were the they were No, they're like playing instruments on the... Damn, they got to be in Game of Thrones? Um, the, the, the band, band Sigur Rós play, um, performs Reigns of Castamere on the show wow. during... Um, I think the the um, death of Joffrey. Damn. So there's there's been a very long history of like 
musicians and celebrities coming on the show. So like putting an Ed Sheeran in there wasn't unprecedented. I'm trying to be an unsullied man. I, I want to be over there. Say that again. His hair's light. He's fine being a Lannister. Yeah, he was. I thought he fit in. He was fine. I mean, it was like very obviously him. And yeah, was I was like, like, who is this amazing singing that's not coming from Braun? But like, it was oh, so goofy true. that it was funny. I I thought it was great. I, I love I, the I other guy that was like, "Would you like some blackberry wand? My family made it." I was like, "I made it myself." I'm like, "Who is this guy who is being super generous with his wine? Who is a part of the worst group ever?" I, I really thought that scene, Arya was about to kill all those people. I thought that they were going to try to kill her and right, she yeah, killed them all. Yeah, I was same. like, please leave Ed Sheeran alone. He's already getting destroyed <laughs> Though, on Twitter. I'll be honest, it would have been kind of funny to see Ed Sheeran get it killed. It would have been, you know what would even have been even better? is like Ed Sheeran takes his face off and it's Arya. And it's like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> She's yeah, standing right we'll there. We'll see him later, like next season, and we'll be like, "Oh shit, she took his face." I, took his fa- I want like Sir Gregor to take off his helmet in his Arya. Like I Ugh. can't. It would be so funny. <laughs> yeah, I, I would, I would love to see that. Um, Click Bowl. This is just Arya versus the Hound. But she took the Hound off the list. I know. So we can't have that. I know. This is just stupid ideas. Well, you guys got an answer to one of the things you talk about all the time on the podcast was the wolf army. Wolf army guy, yeah. I, I, I was very happy to see a nod to the wolf army. The mm-hmm. wolf army in the they got to show back up too. It's like why yeah, even bring it? I up? hope so. Uh, maybe not. I think it was like a little bit of closure for Arya mm-hmm. and her past and Nymeria. I, you know, I, I would have like given up one of my limbs just to like see someone edit. Like Nymeria talking to Arya, and they edited in like the scene where Arya threw a rock at her, like during that scene. Oh, to get just her out of that. just to show like what Nymeria was thinking the whole time, and then just see her walk away after the scene <laughs> plays. Oh, that yeah, so great. the Wolf Army in the books they they don't ever actually explicitly talk show the army in the books from up until what's been written at least, but. There's throughout multiple chapters, you hear characters start to mention like, oh, there's like these rumors of these packs, this pack of wolves, like wolves running around killing yes. everyone, led by this giant wolf, and like multiple characters mention it, but we never see it. Mm-hmm. So now, seeing them here, it was like, okay, this is very fulfilling. I would have liked to see them like go Man, wreck some people. I would have liked something. to see have seen Ghost. The Dire Wolf budget was very low this season. Where yeah. is Ghost? That's a good question. Ghost, I think, is we. I think it's just assumed that Ghost just goes wherever John is. But like, I don't really know. I've been anymore. Not even just like trotting along. I've been very annoyed by the fact that they've completely ignored Ghost. For like two seasons now, we barely we don't know where he is. You we don't didn't see him a lot last season either. Yeah, we saw him at like the first episode. Is when he John alive? He's either at Winterfell or at the Wall. We we don't know. But I would assume he yeah is in the north. I don't think he went with John south, and that's why we haven't seen him. Yeah, but he didn't go with John over the Wall. We didn't see him there. No, he did not. There he, weren't that many people for him to be like hidden. Comment that was like you. you Someone's fallen someone around more than Ghost follows John or something. Uh, right. I I don't, but I I be- believe it. But it's just very irritating to me. They it's, don't show Ghost. It's mostly just upsetting because I love Ghost. I do too. It's like they build up the whole Stark thing with the dire wolves for such a long time, mm-hmm. and then they're just like, yeah, we're just not going to put 
well, the one wolf left, really. The most important guy. Yeah. All the other ones are stupid. dead. There's like two left. Well, Nymeria's in the wild and Ghost is... M.I.A. M.I.A. He's, taking, other ones he's on dead. vacation. He Rest likes... in peace, Shaggy Dog. Oh. <laughs> so sad. I think Summer, Summer's death is the one I'm just like, bro, you didn't even slow them down for like half a second. Like you jumped into basically like four swords. Like yeah. it, it was the most useless direwolf death. Death. It's like dying for Bran, who just like didn't give any shits about all the people that died for him. He didn't, but at the same time, like Summer, because it just ran with them. Like he did nothing by jumping into there. Bran's handling of um, people dying for him has been awful, especially his the scene with Mira in this season was like. What the hell, dude? Yeah, she was like spent like three years with them, three or four she years. She carried him across hell, essentially, mm-hmm. and like Benjamin would not have been proud of Bran in that. Yeah, moment. and then he was just like, "All right, cool, you can go now. I don't need you anymore." She was talking like, about Uncle Benjamin and like the fucking. Oh God, I hated, yo-yo. I hated it so much. He came I in. Under, I don't understand him. Like I, like he's dead but he's alive like what is his like there's been no backstory no there has it was like when he was getting he was like in the process of being converted into one of like the walker army guys and then during that process the children of the forest like stabbed him in the chest with dragon glass and so he's like a half walker yeah he's like half white when was that they explained it uh last season or when John, season, when when he picks up Bran, I think. Yeah, when he picks up Bran. Oh, okay. so it was a conversation. We didn't see that. No, no we saw no. the conversation. We d- we see the conversation. We don't see the actual thing happen. Yeah, right. it's presumed that it happened like almost immediately after he went to pass the wall. Okay, I just like time. forgot about that because I was like, I don't understand why they're calling him Cold Hands. I don't understand like why he won't well, just like go back yeah. to the. Yeah. I mean, there's a character in the books. The wall. Yeah, there's a character in the books called Cold Hands that's not Benjen, but they just fuse the characters together for conveniency. Yeah, the whole Benjen thing in this uh, in that season Uncle was Benjen, like, how? I don't know, John. It was like, well, the whole John thing, like we've talked about, was stupid. There is really no reason for him to do that, and him just like getting. Rescued by Uncle Benjamin served no purpose at all. I don't think John can die. Except point. for the fact that I feel like they were just like, all right, we're just going to throw Uncle Benjamin in there to show him probably dying. And that's yeah, it. Yeah, they were just but like, we don't even know if he's died or not. Because yeah, he's. I was say, are we assuming he's dead? Because... I think he got like ripped apart, essentially. Like they ripped him apart. I don't know. I don't really care. I just totally forgot about to him. Get, yeah, I mean, he was just there to get John from there to Daenerys. Which is dumb because he didn't need to be there to begin with. But do you think that we're even going to see anything beyond the wall next season? Because no, it's like White Walkers have moved past it, so it's like yeah, no, we're not, we're not going. Also, there. like that dragon is so fast. Like, there's no way under normal circumstances that Jamie can get to Winterfell before that dragon does. But I don't know. I think the dragon's moving with the pace of the rest of the army, which is very slow. Super slow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that map that showed like. How much John has moved around all season versus how far the walkers have gone. It's like the squiggle all across. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like a little line. The, not only that, but like John went, he went from uh, Dragonstone to the Wall and to King's Landing before Sam went from Old Town to Winterfell. <laughs> like, what was Sam doing? Did he like stop at some like five star inns? 
Well, he was traveling with the baby. That's true. Yeah, I mean... He had that stupid slow cart full of books yeah, they... that he stole. Yeah, he just took... I, I, sh- I said when the whole password debacle was going down, I was like, I should have just said my favorite character was Little Sam. <laughs> Little Sam. I, I'm, Who's I'm, like seven. He's huge. He's big now. I'm curious to see what like Sam is going to do now. Ah, uh, yeah, he'll advise. I bet what I want Gilly to be like the first female maester. She's over here getting all this good knowledge. And I stuff. feel like there's <laughs> Gilly. Yeah, Gilly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She's dope. She like fucking found out about Rager, like Rot Ragar. Right, and then Sam takes credit for it. Sam's like, "Oh my God, Gilly, shut up! Like, I'm trying to read stuff." <laughs> yeah, read and then in this day, this dude does. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then in the scene with with um, Bran, he's like, "Oh yeah, I read about this thing." I'm like, "No, you didn't, Sam. Gilly told you that. Don't take credit for that." Stealing the credit. Um, uh, it's interesting. Like, what is Sam gonna do now? Because <laughs> can we talk about how suppo- like he doesn't even know he's the heir to Hornhill right now? He doesn't. He doesn't at all. Which is also kind of annoying to me. It's like somebody on, tell, him. tell him. That. Does poor guy? Are there newspapers? Like, how do where? How does information get traded? Ravens. In- um, he so he's like trying to figure out how to defeat the Knights King, but I feel like the like uh, John and and his crew have been like sort of figuring it out on their own based mm-hmm. on like actual experience. Like, oh, if we kill one of the Whites, we can actually kill like all the army. Mm-hmm. That seems like a pretty good solution at this point. Yeah. What more does Sam have to offer? Eh, I'd like to see a reunion. I mean, yeah, it'll be a nice reunion. But, like, he's just... They spent uh, all this time for him in, in Old Town, like, supposed to, like, find this great yeah. solution to everything, and he's still... He does have a Valyrian steel sword. Heartsbane. Yeah. True. <laughs> and he cured Jorah. And he Grace cured Jorah, Paul. yeah. What a beast. Who Jorah was probably the MVP of jo- Beyond the Wall. Jorah was 100% the MVP of the Suicide Squad. Not only did he kill the polar bear... He was like he looked like he was the only person who brought a dragon glass weapon with him. He was also the only person who didn't almost die. He actually almost fell out the dragon. Yo, at yeah, that one point true. when like John was just like looking around, not doing anything while people were fighting, I was like, You've gotta be kidding me. Yeah. Like, let's here, dude. Yeah, he was just like, Damn, we about to die. He's like, I led us to death again. Here we are. Oh my god. He only yeah. led Thoros to death. Fucker. Also, there was a scene last <laughs> season where, like, D- Dario Naharis tells Jorah that, like, he won't be able to ride a dragon. And then, like, there's a scene where Jorah, like, couldn't ride the dragon. I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah. I mean, he still rode it. He did. Barely. Beric uh, Dondarrion. First of all, we can all agree that Tormund and Beric are both alive, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We're on like the side that didn't burn yeah. down. Right. I'm so curious as to what Beric Dondarrion's purpose is. Like his purpose has been so hyped up this season. I'm like, what is what is he supposed to do here? I mean, whatever it is, this is the last chance. Last chance, yeah. And it's like, I don't know if he also has the 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 plot armor that Bronn and Tormund have because they have been given so many chances to die in like a really epic way. But then, like, the producers are like, not yet. No. They can't die. Right. Like, Bronn could have went out like a king. Like, he was the only person to harm Drogon. Like, he could have just died right there, and everyone would have been like, man, that was a great death. Or, like, Tormund could have been dragged into the 
into the water by the the whites, it would have been like, damn, that's such a sad death. But they just right. didn't do it. Yeah, uh, the have, only one that I think if they would have actually done was Jamie's, like, falling into the water, I would have been like, this is garbage. Oh, yeah. No, there was no way. The though. Marianas Trench ocean, that oh, was just like, a river. Falls are, they've been okay. Yeah, I, I, there's no way they kill Tormund yet. Tormund needs to make babies with Brienne. Yeah, if Jamie will allow it. <laughs> he needs to at least, like, get her to smile at him, for God's well, sake. Well, he needs to at least, like, <laughs> talk to her. He has no courting ability whatsoever. Well, no, they don't court in yeah. the north. They just take. Yep, it's like Dothraki style. Like, when he was, like, eating that turkey leg, like, staring her down. So oh, he was, he was so, so thirsty. Good. It's so funny. I, I'm very, very much in the Brienne Tormund camp. Yeah. I'm really be. rooting for that. I'm not mad at the Jamie Brienne thing either, but, like, come on. I don't think that's going to happen. It's definitely not going to happen. I don't think Brienne's going to end up with anybody. Yeah, because she's in love with Jamie and not Tormund. So he's going to have to make a pretty big case to get her to change her feelings there. Look, yeah, Tormund, Tormund has a very magnificent beard. That beard is the one, of the, probably the best beard of the entire show. That's yep. the only case he needs to make. It's very rich. He can also fight well. He also has two hands. So. You know that when I first watched season six... I was not aware that Jamie only had one hand. <laughs> oh, because you hadn't watched the previous. Right, and it, he like uh, it wasn't really brought up the way that it was this season. He kind of just was like, you know, marching around. I just mm-hmm. missed it. And so I watched, I don't know, the first two seasons, I guess, of Game of Thrones. And then I went to the Game of Thrones concert experience mm-hmm. during which they played clips from the show and, like, the Red Wedding was spoiled for me. Oh, oh no. no. Like, all these things are spoiled for me. So I didn't really have a lot of, like, surprises left at that point. And so when Jamie's hand got cut off, I was like, what the hell? Like, it was, like, (laughs) a moment for me because I was, like, between, you know, watching season six and getting all that, there wasn't a whole lot that was still left over in three seasons that I didn't know was coming. Yeah. That's just random standalone That's sort of hilarious. Yeah. What, um... What is Jamie's plan now? Like, he's going to clearly go up and fight with them. And then eventually he's going to go kill Cersei. I don't... I, How do we get them back I don't know. to I, that point? I, I, I don't know. Cause do you think Cersei kills him or he kills Cersei? I think he, he kills, kills Cersei. Cersei. Yeah. I mean, she had her chance, right? Yeah, yeah she she wasn't able to, to kill either brother mm-hmm. Great, the great scene though. But Loved yeah, it. I so this is where I feel like the, uh, your theory that Theon is going to intercept Euron is where he's going to fail <laughs> because the, Theon. Yeah, I feel like the only way to get Cersei and Jamie pitted against each other if, is if she does get the Golden Company and has an army to march like, back on on a. That's not such a dumb plan. It's an awful plan. It's stupid, and it's so out of character for her because she's generally very cunning and smart. Mm-hmm. And this whole thing is just like, yes, I understand she's like very emotional about it, but it's just it doesn't make any sense. And if anyone and none at all, and there's if, no one left. That's the problem, and that's the problem with killing off Dorne and killing off Highgarden. It's like. 
you've run out of like entire and even the Tarleys, entire families. It's like who else I don't even know who this like bank thing is that she's getting coming in, this gold, whatever. But it's like we've seen everyone has picked a side at this point. Yeah, I mean she's just getting an army of mercenaries at this point or trying to. Mm-hmm. But from where? <laughs> um from across the sea. That's like what Stannis did basically. Yeah. What 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 essentially doesn't make sense to me is like, and I mentioned this in our finale review, but she when during the council meeting when they show her and the the zombie, that is I think the first time I've ever seen her get be afraid. So yeah. she knows about the threat now, and she's still like hanging on to this really stupid plan that isn't gonna work. Won't it work. just doesn't make any sense to me in, from her character's perspective at all. I understand she's like trying to self-preserve her family or whatever, but if she was actually trying to do that, she wouldn't be fighting the zombies. Exactly. And, well, and she's no family left to preserve. Like, everyone is dead or... Got that not. baby. Yeah, she is pregnant, I guess. So that's what's trying to... I, I think Eric mentioned a good point from the last episode where she she does not drinking or doing anything like that. I, I think she, I think she is. She literally like touches pregnant. her belly like multiple times, like all the time. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> okay, we get it. Like, calm down. We all know. Um, yeah. So I don't I don't know what she's playing. At. I mean, I know what she's playing at, but I think it's a stupid plan. <laughs> It is. We have gotten to the part of the series where every plan is going to be a bad one. Yeah. But, but it can be a bad plan if it makes some sense to, like, huh. the end goal, right? Yeah. I, I don't understand what her end goal is anymore. Like, she's going to go fight. Like, Jamie's laid it out for her very clearly, and she's seen the threat for herself at this point. Yeah. So for her to completely ignore that, I feel like is very out of character and is like very stupid. I mean, she's not a stupid person. She's not dumb. She is not. She's actually like very cunning. Right. But I think point in that, like the even though like they've proven to her that the threat is real, they still have to go through the north to get to them. She does have a little bit more time than everybody else. Right, but eventually she's gonna. I think she just needs to talk to Kyburn like one good time to figure out what's good because he he's got the juice. He he's like the I say this all the time, but he's like the Santa Claus of Game of Thrones. It's like, oh, we need to figure out a way to kill the dragons. Like, look under your chair. Boom. There goes a way to do it. Like, we gotta figure out a way to get rid of all your enemies. There just so happens to be a lot of wildfire around the city. Like he just has the answer constantly to everything. But he didn't in this season. Oh, I'm gonna give you this giant crossbow to shoot the dragon. It oh, hurt wait. one of them. Yeah, but it didn't kill it. It didn't kill it, but it also depends very heavily on the person using it. Like, I don't think anyone besides Bronn would have been effective with it. Right. So it's and like we just hadn't really seen anything harm the dragons until that point. Right. Right. So it was just like, uh oh, there's a weakness there. Yeah, they I mean, be I think they knew that there was a weakness there. It's not like there's some immortal being that's impenetrable. Yeah, but now they know it's like, it's realistic. Like they just had to like hone the process a little bit. Yeah, I guess I figure out what she, works. Her whole plan just still doesn't make any sense. She's either gonna try to. It's a bad plan. It's one hundred. <laughs> like 
It's complete nonsense. Yeah, all the plans end with her dying. Like, there's just no way. Like, no matter how big your army is, if you think that you can fight even one dragon and be successful, you're wrong. It's just not going to happen for her. Well, yeah, and her army's already been, like, wiped out, or half of it has been wiped exactly. out with a dragon. And we don't need another scene of Drogon fucking her army up again. Like, we got the best possible sequence that there's ever going to be with Drogon messing up their armies. We don't need another one. So I think that Jamie will take care of her before we get the whole, uh, not the Second Sons, but the Golden Company situation. That's just me. But, again, how, how do they meet? How does who meet? How, what what puts them in the same place together? Jamie and Cersei? Yeah. Just, they'd be like, hey, you need to talk to your sister. Fuck. He just goes back. But, but he's going to be fighting zombies. Is he, though? Yeah, he's riding up to them. Who says that they're going to accept his help? Why wouldn't they? Because he's Jamie Lannister. But they've all, but so th- many times when he almost died and didn't, so it's like, whatever. But no, at this point, they think he's on their side. It doesn't matter. Can they even forgive him for pushing Brand out of a tower? Like they, they don't even know that. They do for Brand all the time. They're really always like, remember that time he pushed Brand out of the tower? Yeah, like oh no, everyone else. But but does anyone besides Brand like has Brand told anyone else about that? I'm sure that Sansa knows. Who knows? Because he hasn't told Sansa anything. Besides, <laughs> hey Sansa, remember that one time that you were with Ramsay? Yeah, I saw that. I feel like everyone knows that Jamie knocked him out of that tower. Like, isn't it known universally that he did that? Yeah, no, that's fine. But they're 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 all behind beyond the point. And where, how do they know they can trust him? But they're all because they they think that Cersei's already laid the foundation for this like truce slash alliance to fight the Walkers. They're all at the point where like they don't care who's fighting for them. They just need people to fight for them. Damn. Well, and they also are expecting Jamie, right? Because they're yeah. like, oh, Cersei's going to send up her piece. Right, exactly. Oh, that's true. Yeah. True. They're at the point where they're Good like, all right, bygones point. are bygones for now. Like, we need to set our differences aside and fight this thing. It doesn't matter what's happened in the past. We can address that later. Right now, we are fighting well, this. I feel like if, from like a strategic point of view, if Jamie comes up to them with that information... I feel like they're going to say, like, oh, the best use of Jamie would be to help, would be for him to lead the strategy on taking care of Cersei, you know? Like, why why would they just add him in as another soldier? Like, well, how much is that going to benefit them? Yeah, maybe. But, but again, they can't afford to put any men against Cersei right now. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're all fully invested in fighting the We'll walkers. see how Game of Thrones warps time and travel oh, next God. season to figure out how yeah. this works. I mean, they've they fast traveled before. They fast yeah. traveled, but this one, this season got ridiculous. It was it was out of this world <laughs> to travel. I was like, okay, guys, come on, let's let's. I think there's like a Delta. Some Delta has airplanes there or something. It's crazy. Someone someone got a lot of sky got miles. Some sky miles. Fast travel. Wait one hour. Uh, um, all right, guys, we're like at two hours right now. So, just to end, I guess, we can... Because uh, it's hot as fuck over here. Yeah, I don't know if y'all hot. know, our air conditioning is garbage. It's also not, not on. <laughs> well, it's uh, not on, so it's garbage right now. But who... Let's just go around and say our MVP and our... Of the whole season? LVP of the season, yeah. LVP was... Ooh, this is rough. 
Uh, uh, Tyrion was was not. I think T- Tyrion might be my LVP. None of his plans were. There effective. were a lot of LVPs this season. Yeah, I'm gonna give mine to him, and then my MVP is going to be. Ooh, I'm giving Drogon my MVP slot. Cheating, but okay. Is it? I don't know, man. He deserves it. I'm definitely like, who else could it go to? It can't go to Drogon. I mean, it can't go to Jon by any means. Ah, man, Jorah was great. I don't know if I want to give him MVP slot though. I'm gonna give it to Drogon. All right, Kylene. Um, I think my LVP is probably the Hound. Just because I still haven't forgiven him from like throwing that rock. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was fucked up. And he just, he's just like so impulsive that it, it it didn't like sometimes it works out. You know that's how he stayed alive up until this point. But this season just wasn't one of those. One of he did those he was fucking seasons. up, especially in that episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, MVP. Oh man. There were not a lot of MVPs. It's yeah. just like people that I feel like. Like who did the least amount of damage? Did some bad things too, you know. Everyone does bad things though. It's Game of Thrones. Yeah. Yes. Grey Worm. Grey Worm crushed this this season. Yeah. Except... Yeah, I might have to give it to Grey Worm just for that female love. For that for for Bay Worm, crushing the game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. My LVP is probably Theon. Oh, I forgot. Oh. <laughs> Because oh, wasted opportunity. He's, <laughs> damn it, he sucks. I could have also given it to Bran, but I, I'll go with Theon because Theon mm. is the most inconsequential character of all time. And Bran has been helpful. He's just annoying. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what that's... about Varys though? He like didn't do anything this season. But he also didn't do anything bad. But Theon is just annoying and stupid. He didn't do bad things. I was really rooting for the other guy to die or to kill him. Yeah. I was like, please just. Just off him here, take take him out. We don't have to deal with him. We don't have to waste another second in mm-hmm. the next season. But he is alive still. My MVP. This is hard. Um, I would give it to Jamie. Really? Why? Oh. I think because Jamie is has actively finally is doing the right thing mm-hmm. he's been trying to do the right thing Game for a very long time and he's finally cut his ties with Cersei and is going he's done it's he's, he's done. grown up now he did the thing and finally. and he's you know he's been he's been doing and saying the right things yeah he was fighting for Cersei mm-hmm. but he didn't want to and then he finally has been telling her all the right things like you're dumb you need to listen he got Tyrion into the meeting. He met with Tyrion, yeah, did the true. meeting, set that whole thing up, and then he finally is, he's he's had it. And I think he's he's on the right path to finally really redeeming mm-hmm. himself in a full circle. I would give way. I would give Bronn an MVP spot over Jamie, but I do agree with your reasoning. Bronn, yeah, Bronn Bronn helped with Jamie's plot armor. Uh, he bit. negotiated the deal. He also saved him. And he was the only one to... I might have to give my MVP spot to Bronn, honestly. Well, Bronn, Bronn saves him and Bronn sets up the meeting. Yeah. So, yeah. He's motivated by money, though, and like what he was promised. I think, I think like he actually isn't, though. I mean, he was up until that battle when it all fell on the ground, and he was like, shit, I'm going to die if I stay here and pick up every coin. Yeah, so. I think that's just like the only possible... Yeah, I mean, 
He oh. is motivated by money, but can you blame him? Like, he's from, like, the poorest of the poor neighborhoods in King's yeah. Landing. Like, he's finally really built his way up into some I think some he likes sort of... Tyrion and Jamie. He does. I think he does legitimately that, that's his like people, them. and I'm like... He, I mean, he crushed in that episode. He hurt Drogon and saved Jamie from dying. I think he hides behind the whole, like, yeah, money I'm only thing. doing yeah. this for money thing a lot more than he actually... Yeah, it's like, he already had a castle and, like, a wife, but he just wanted promise. a bigger one? Like, I don't know. He said what? I said, dude also wants that castle he was promised. I know. <laughs> I don't blame him. I'd want a castle, too, if I was promised one. He's never gonna get that castle. Oh, no, he's not at all, but, like... He might as well turn sides, too. He should turn sides, like, immediately. Yeah, he should. If Jamie's gone, like he needs to bounce. Yeah, I mean, I there's there's arguments for a couple of other MVPs. I feel like uh, Davos could have potentially been an MVP. He was asking Masande too many questions. I was getting nervous. I'm like, what are you trying to do here? Trying to swoop? Yeah. I came up with a theory that Davos is her father. By the way, long ago. What? Yep. I. Mm-hmm. Don't I'm not gonna bring it up, but it's been discussed. To. I don't want to know. Um, and then, just, yeah, I don't know who else would be MVP. I mean, Jorah, I guess, you can make an argument, but really, he would just fought and then looked Sam. sad. Sam. He did it, some good shit. He saved Jorah. He cured a disease. But he wasn't able to convince the maesters. And he still hasn't found an answer. Is that his fault, though? Or is it them in their fan mail? I but mean, he also did waste and time there. Like, he saw that they weren't going to believe him. And he was like, I'm just going to take some books and go. That's true. I, I People sometimes hate on Sam. I don't know why. I, I don't mind his Big fan. I like him. Um, I just love how he's, like, consistently remained fat, even though he's been starved, like, so many times. <laughs> that's yeah. true. But... I mean, he he didn't do a lot of walking this season. Yeah, that's true. Gendry could be MVP. I don't know if Gendry. Would... Whoa, actually, Gendry. He does. Yeah, save you're right. Everyone. He saved everybody. He did make the hammer. He made the hammer. He did make the hammer, which was great. The, the hound LVP left behind. Yeah, the hound actually. He's making a bigger case for him being the worst person ever. Yeah, he also got Thoros killed, so... That's his biggest offense by far. Yeah. No question. Um, Beric? I lo- I don't know what it is about the way Beric talks, but, like, I want, to like, an audiobook of him narrating something because it's so soothing. It's wonderful. Yeah, he's great. Though I did pick him to die in my Game of Thrones Deadpool, so, like, I had mixed feelings of him surviving because I wanted the points... By the same time, like he was such a great. I just love. I loved everything about Beric. He has a good look. He has an eye patch. He has a flaming sword. He preaches about how he's got this crazy purpose. I'm all in for it. Yeah, we'll see if he's right. We'll see what that is. Maybe he'll just die. Who knows? Um, all right. Is there anybody any closing thoughts? I thought this went really well. Yeah. Um... What do you hope to see next season? Not Theon. I want to see <laughs> John riding a dragon. Yeah. I think we'll we'll see that. Regal. Um, yeah. We'll see some John on a dragon. I want to see the like 
the actual White Walkers do something cooler. Like, I feel like the Night King just has the, looks around a lot and doesn't do a whole lot. He Agreed. did throw the spear this time, but like, when you really, really think about it, he's kind of a boring villain. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't really do much. And I'm like, I don't know. I have, I have some thoughts, but it's, it'll be another, like, hour. <laughs> um, so, hopefully he does something cool. Um, I'm excited to see a dragon battle. Dragon versus dragon. Yeah, I think Drogon's going to be the only surviving dragon. You think Rhaegal will die? Yeah, I think one, one... Well, maybe... I think one of them will die trying to fight the other dragon. Yeah, I, I believe that. I mean, there's three. You don't need three dragons. You need one of them. I would like to see both Danny and Cersei dueling while pregnant. Hey. <laughs> Pregnancy like physically fight. dueling. Like, with, like, a sword? Yeah. Amazing. Jason, please draw one of these things for us. will be amazing. I don't know if you know Jason Kylie, but he, like, did our, our, our uh, artwork, and he, like, will sometimes just send us artwork of silly things that we talk about. Oh, that's cool. Yep, every now and again. But he doesn't watch Game of Thrones, so he'll he'll probably he'll probably oh, start no. start listening to this like a year from now and be like, oh yeah, here's that <laughs> drawing of the pregnancy fight that you wanted for you know reasons. I hope I, I imagine this fight to be like one of them is wielding like a giant turkey leg because that's what she's craving to eat <laughs> at that time. Constantly. The other one has like a corn on the cob or something. <laughs> We've never seen Daenerys. No, I don't think we've seen either of them eat anything before. Cersei's drank a lot. Yeah, she That's drinks true. a lot. Nothing, no, neither of them know how to fight at all, either, I don't think. Mm. We wanted Danny's like, marine wardrobe so bad. So bad. The marine. Those necklaces and the hair and the dresses were all so colorful and amazing, and now she's just wearing like black all the time. Yeah, she's gotta wear her war. war I like outfits. it. I like. I like their war stuff. Also, that like coat that she somehow got. Yeah, that winter coat was like the best thing she wore all season. Yeah, her her wardrobe great. has been very similar actually when you think about it to Cersei's in terms of like the black, the dark, black kind of sinister angsty. looking thing. Um, the uh, Kingsguard armor was really cool in this season. I just oh my god, the Darth Vader, the black and silver thing. Oh, it looked so cool. Looked great. They should always do that. I mean, I understand why they had to change it. Like, it's super hot in Dragonstone, right? Or no? It seems kind of humid, humid down there. I I thought it was kind of cold. It was like windy, and they were all like bundled up. Never mind. Stand correct. Uh, anyway, you know what, guys? This was fun. We got to do so. We're we're doing one of these again for next season for sure. Uh, Kylie, thank you for joining us. I know yeah, we took you. a lot a lot of time out of your day, but I, I hope you enjoyed your time doing KTR yeah. again. I would come back anytime, especially now that I know who people are. Hey, <laughs> when you, when's your next time going to be in uh, L.A.? It's going to be a while this time. Uh, I'm coming out for New Year's Eve and the fa- first week of the year. Okay, Ooh. there we go. There we go. Uh, cool. My friend's getting married in San Diego, like, right before New Year's Eve, so. Dang. Nice. All right. Well, cool. Well, hopefully we'll, we'll be able to catch up once you're, once you're back, but, um, Otherwise, yeah. uh, this was this was good. Two hour podcast to to get us started on the day over here. People, congrats if you made it this far. Yes, yeah. happy Amazing. Labor Day to everyone. If you get past the first 30, 45 minutes, like, damn, just keep the going. commitment. 
Just keep going. Um, all right, guys. Well, uh, if that's all, uh, again, if you want to follow Kitchen Table Rants, we are available on Twitter at KTR Podcast, also on SoundCloud and Facebook. Uh, this has been our Series 7 recap, and we'll talk to you guys in, uh, when Season 8 comes around. See ya. Bye.